Hello and welcome to episode number 87 of the Random Thoughts podcast. That's R-A-N-D-U-M-B thoughts.com online. I am your host, Darren O'Neill. And on today's show, the world is burning down. Unless you're living under a rock, you know what's going on in the United States following the killing of a man named George Floyd in the custody of the Minneapolis Police Department. This has set alight a powder keg in the United States and worldwide with protests and more than protests, violent looting and violent rioting. And I think we have multiple groups taking place in this. And the reasons why it's all happening is much bigger than one man being killed in the custody of the police. But there's a lot to unpack. There's a lot to get through. There's a lot of statistics and things to put things in perspective, just like we covered COVID for you with a lot of statistics trying to calm things down and put things in perspective. We're going to be doing that here today as well. And right up front, I want to say if you have any problems with the way we cover things, if you think we're wrong on anything, because I'm a big white guy and I understand we're talking about racial issues here. And there are some people that'll make the case, well, you shouldn't even be talking about them at all. But I would disagree with that vehemently and say for any of these issues to get resolved meaningfully, that an open communication has to be had amongst a wide variety of people. And I believe the title for this show is going to be hashtags don't matter because a big part of what's been going on is a lot of virtue signaling from people who are never going to have a legitimate conversation about race and just want to get some likes on their social media profile and to seem like they're really, really woke. And that doesn't really move anything forward. But this story is a horrible one. I think everybody can agree with that. I don't think there's any disagreement at all. I don't think there is anyone on the side of this guy, George Floyd, deserved to die in police custody. The video is disturbing. I'm a guy who believes that most police are honest in doing their job to protect and serve. In this case, we have four officers that were on top of George Floyd. This is something that seems to have escaped the grasp of most people covering the story, including people that normally cover stuff pretty well. They talk about the one cop that was arrested, the one that made all the news because the video of him kneeling on Mr. Floyd's neck is the whole poster of what's going on here. Now, what you don't see in that video, but you do in other videos that have come out but have not been as widely seen, I guess, is that besides the cop on Mr. Floyd's neck, there were three other cops on his body. Now, I can tell you, when somebody is trying to breathe, three people laying on your body are going to impede your ability 
to breathe, get oxygen, and live. This, I don't believe, is going to be pinned on just this one cop. I do believe there's going to be more arrests in this, and rightfully so in this particular case. I don't know why the cops reacted the way they did, because that video is not clear. There has to be body cam footage that I would certainly like to see, because the story on this goes that it started with a pretty simple arrest that the officers had Mr. Floyd sitting calmly on a sidewalk. And the next thing you know, there are four cops on top of him next to a car. What happened in the interim? We don't know. But the narrative that's being pushed because of this is that cops are gunning down or killing black people at an alarming rate, which is why we have riots going on all over the United States, because it's police brutality. And the reality of that particular concept is it's really not true. It is really not true. Does it happen? Yes. But like with COVID, I went looking for the stats. And let's look at what 2019 showed for the picture of police brutality. And this is really no different. The stats are out there for the last few years. It's a relatively new thing that people are trying to track, which is kind of a bizarre thing. I would have hoped it would be we would have stats going back 20, 30, 50 years. We don't. But over the last few years, let's look at the last full year in 2019, there were 1,004 police killings in the United States. So that means a suspect was killed by the police. I mean, there's various reasons, I'm sure. We also have to understand that police officers are shot at from time to time, and the people that would be getting shot back would be in this list. This is a complete list, at least as complete as we have of 1,004 killings in 2019 of citizens at the hands of the police. Now, the statistics breaking down the demographics of the people that were killed, 202 are unknown. So we have to take those off the board. We can add them in wherever you want just to try to see how the statistics would change. But the statistics that we have of uh, people that died via the hands of the police in 2019, 235 were black, 370 were white, and 158 were Hispanic, 39 as other. So I'm guessing Asian and whatever else they're throwing in there. But 235 black, 370 white, 158 Hispanic, and 39 other. If you want to look at the overall stats, you're also going to see the overall crime statistics. People will try to make all sorts of different arguments on why there's a higher percentage of black people being arrested. Is it actually they're committing more crime? Maybe. That seems to be what the stats say. If you have a different concept or a different idea and I'm totally missing it, again, reach out and let me know. But with the overall population, this means, again, like COVID, if you're a black person in the United States, you have a 0.0006% chance of being killed by a police officer. If you're a white person in the United States, you have a 0.00016 
percent chance of being killed by a police officer. Granted, again, we're going to look at the stats and we'll say that the black population is about three times more likely to be killed by a police officer, but it's certainly not the only population being killed by the police. This is something that you have to look at again with the percentages, with the crimes being committed. Much different when you're dealing with a violent criminal, which is where usually I'm thinking these killings are coming from. In this case, you had a guy that allegedly passed a bad $20 bill and the police were called in. I mean, the weirdest part of the story, I mean, the weirdest part was the guy that owns the store said, well, if anybody does this again, I'm just not going to call the police. It's like, well, you should shut your doors then because you're going to be robbed blind and um, there's no way around it because law and order has to stand. The fact that this guy seemingly committed a crime, it wasn't worthy of him dying, but he committed a crime. The police were called. This is where the altercation started. Everybody's got to take some kind of responsibility in the timeline and understanding the timeline. These stats, by the way, on police killings in 2019 come from the website uh, Statistica, S-T-A-T-I-S-T-A, Statista.com, and we will put a link to these particular numbers in the show notes for today's show. There are 800,000 police officers in the United States. So again, if you want to look at the stats, I mean, that's a pretty big army. 800,000 police officers in the United States. There were 1,004 police killings. That means that the average police officer has a point one to five percent chance of being involved in a killing in any given year based on these statistics. It's a pretty low number. And as I said, I believe that a vast majority of the police officers out there are doing a very rough job, a thankless job. They put their lives on the line each and every day, and they're going out with the best intentions to serve and protect everybody on their beat, regardless of race, gender, religion, sexual preference, anything. They're out there doing a job that not a lot of people want to do. And there are actually some celebrities. I mean, I know celebrities overall are morons, that they don't have an idea of what's going on in the real world. They've made too much money. They're living in a dream world in a little dream bubble somewhere. But there's a bunch of celebrities that came out and signed a letter pushing for all police in the United States, every police department to be defunded. Really? I mean, we're a nation of law and order. And you're seeing what's happening already when police back off a little bit. These rioters and looters go nuts. If you think a country without police is one you want to live in, you're nuts. Go somewhere this is already happening. We've seen this in countries like Venezuela when their capitalist system broke down and rioting is going on. People can't get toilet paper. Go there, see how it works. But these celebrities, totally, totally out of touch with reality. John Legend, Natalie Portman, Common. Jane Fonda. Oh, oh, Hanoi Jane. There you are, sweetie. 
America Ferreira, Brie Larson, and ACLU Executive Director Anthony Romero all signed this letter in support of defunding every police department in the United States. If you don't think there's more behind these protests than somebody being pissed off that a guy was killed at the hands of police, you're nuts. You're fooling yourself. You're delusional. This rioting and looting seems to be a pretty coordinated effort. Antifa is involved, of course. Pallets of bricks are randomly showing up near the places where the rioting is taking place. Now, I know random pallets of bricks just show up all the time. There's nobody behind that at all. There's no money at all because pallets of bricks are really easy to move. Like one or two guys can move them, right? (laughs) I mean, come on, wake up. And of course, social media and the media are being used to fan the flames here. Videos are being selectively edited yet again. There was a video in New York where, of course, idiot Mayor de Blasio came out against the cop immediately for this five second video or so that was out there of a police officer pointing his pistol at the people that were just so peacefully out there rioting, looting protesting a mixture of all three perhaps and then another video came to light that showed about the 10 seconds before the video of the cop pointing his gun at people in the crowd and what you saw was a very peaceful protester taking a brick and smashing it into the head of a police officer from behind sucker punched him brick to the head from behind these peaceful protesters who just want justice bullcrap and these videos that go up on social media are we all that stupid still that we don't understand that videos can be selectively pruned and edited and shot from a certain angle to make it look like something when it's actually the opposite are we that stupid We all have that bias in our brains that we see what we want to see. You have to wake up to that fact. You have to understand that you can no longer believe on the internet what you see, what you hear, what you see in a video, what you see in a picture. Don't believe every stupid idiot podcaster that's out there, including me. Do your own homework. I know that's rough, but it's something that needs to be done. And then there was the church by the White House that was torched by these peaceful, just fun-loving protesters that were out there. And the story then comes the next day that President Donald Trump wants to walk over to the church and take a look. And he does. And the fact of the matter is, a president walking the streets of D.C. in the best of times takes some true cojones. To do this on the day that he did it, I mean, the guy's a legend for doing that. But of course, the story is, well, those poor, peaceful protesters had to be moved out of the way. And the media lied about tear gas being used. They used smoke, but they didn't use tear gas to move these protesters out of the way. 
but the media reported tear gas. Nancy Pelosi, Joe Biden, Chuck Schumer, and others all tweeted about the tear gas. All lies. Twitter. I mean, they stepped in, right? Because, I mean, immediately when Trump says something questionable, Twitter's placing something on. They're like, this is misinformation. They did this to Biden, Pelosi, Schumer, and the others that talked about the tear gas, right? (laughs) No. Jack. Twitter is a joke. You're a joke. We know what's going on. It's not even close. It's not a question anymore. You are a left-leaning bunch of scumbags that will lie at every turn in order to discredit the president of the United States. Just admit it, Jack. Come on. Won't we all feel better if you just admit it? This is dangerous because people believe what they see on this social media. I know, stupid. We all know that's stupid, that you can't believe anything you see on social media, but people are kind of stupid. And Twitter, since they have been, you know, fact-checking Trump, in the question of all of this stuff coming out with, again, Biden, Pelosi, Schumer, and others lying about tear gas, Twitter released a statement saying, we are not attempting to address all misinformation. <laughs> really? Really? You're kidding. I didn't notice it on my own. You're only trying to address all of the misinformation from a conservative and the vast majority of the time you're wrong about it being misinformation. So either you're really bad at doing your jobs or you're all a bunch of leftist liars. And I'm guessing it's the latter. Just guessing. I personally think every American should be angry when there's rioting going on at the White House, no matter who is the president at that particular time. In this case, At least 50 Secret Service agents were injured. And then Trump was blasted because the Secret Service agent said, hey, Mr. President, we're taking you into the bunker. I mean, Joe Biden, who's been hiding in his basement for weeks, wearing a mask while talking to people over Skype or whatever, is saying Trump was weak. He was vice president. He knows. He knows how the Secret Service works. Joe. You know how the Secret Service works. Why can't you be honest about anything? When the Secret Service says, and this also came from Dan Bongino, former Secret Service guy. I mean, I know he's a conservative pundit now, so people will be like, well, I can't trust him. But he was actually a Secret Service agent. He said a couple of things. One, he said that what was going on around the White House was very well planned and orchestrated. He's hearing this from his friends still working in the Secret Service. This was not a bunch of protesters just getting rowdy. This was not a bunch of random rioters just getting a little bit rowdy. They were looking for the weaknesses in the defense at the White House, and that should be a concern to any reasonable citizen of the United States. Bongino also said, The president has very, very little say when the Secret Service believes there is a threat to the president. They're going to just take him. I mean, Donald Trump could have said, no, I don't want to go to the bunker. The Secret Service agents, according to Bongino, would be like, Mr. President, we're sorry. You want to yell at us later? We're getting your behind down to the bunker right now for your safety. The president has very little, if any, say at that particular point because the Secret Service is in control of keeping him safe. 
And while all of this is going down, the White House requested that Virginia send in the National Guard to squash these violent protesters, these violent looters, these violent rioters. The governor of Virginia refused. This just punk, Governor Northam, absolute punk. The White House requests National Guard to assist with the security of people, you know, trying to break down the barriers and have a siege on the White House. 50 Secret Service agents at least were injured in this attack. But this ass governor, Governor Northam of Virginia, said, I'm not going to send our men and women in uniform of a very proud National Guard to Washington for a photo op. For a photo op? Are you that tone deaf? There's no way you can be that tone deaf. This is how much these people hate the president that they know his safety may be in danger. At the very least, the safety of the people working at the White House was and is in danger. When you have over 50 Secret Service agents injured in an attack on the White House. So this punk governor says he's not sending in the National Guard. So what ends up showing up in D.C.? The 82nd Airborne. I mean, this is beautiful. This is absolutely beautiful. And it's making the liberals go absolutely bat crap crazy. Because we all know that the military very, very, very rarely does anything on American soil. And there's a good reason for that. But when the White House is coming under siege and the governor of Virginia is refusing to send the National Guard to help, Trump is the commander in chief, people. I don't know if Governor Northam doesn't understand what that means, but the 82nd Airborne showed up for what they were calling a civilian unrest mission in the nation's capital. The IRF battalion which had deployed to Iraq earlier this year to quell Iran-backed violence. Well, I mean, now they're dealing with even bigger punks than Iran. They're dealing with Antifa and leftist Democrats. I mean, they may be more dangerous. I don't know if there's even a question about that at this point. This, uh, this group that came in, the Airborne Division, 82nd Airborne, approximately 750 soldiers, 10 Blackhawk helicopters, four, Chin- uh, four Chinooks, and. Uh, I know they were flying pretty low to disperse some of these protesters. So, I mean, here's the clear thing, guys. If you're a governor, Governor Northam, and your little National Guard unit, it's really cute. But President Trump, commander in chief of the United States military, he's going to win. He's going to win. And the fact that you actually have a United States governor unwilling to send troops of the National Guard into help the White House when it's under siege is is absolutely unfathomable to me, and it should make you mad. And not too far away in New York, of course, everything was also burning down. Interestingly enough, there it seems that there's some fighting going on now between Governor Cuomo and lefty loon Mayor de Blasio, whose daughter was arrested as being a part of these violent riot and lootings that are going on in New York. It's interesting because 
de blasio originally came out and of course orange man bad trump was the reason behind all of this it was all trump's fault trump couldn't control the nation and then his daughter gets picked up as part of this so i guess uh I guess you can't even control your own daughter, huh, Mayor de Blasio? How are you supposed to control a city? And the answer seems to be he cannot control the city of New York. And this is unfathomable as well, because he's not sending out all of the cops. He was not telling them to defend property. He was not telling them to take the streets back. No. These liberal leftist mayors would rather have these people on the streets committing crimes, burning things down, than to actually do something about it. Why? That's anybody's guess. It may be because they think it's going to hurt Donald Trump in an upcoming election. In the interim, people's businesses are burned, their livelihoods are gone, and these aren't just white people, I hate to tell you. There were plenty of black businesses being burned down and black people losing their jobs because people are destroying companies and property all over the place. The mayor of Atlanta, I give her some very big props because she took control and she said, this is not the way we do things here. We have a lot of black owned businesses in Atlanta. And people going out and causing destruction to these businesses and to these people's lives will not be tolerated. How about that? A Democratic mayor who has some stones and will take control of her city. Why don't we see more of that? Why don't we have that in New York? How sad is it that Mayor de Blasio, who has the largest police force in the world at his disposal, over 40,000 cops won't send them out on the street to squelch the violence. I don't understand it. I mean, how do you how are you a mayor of a city and not care if it burns down? Are you that insane, Mayor de Blasio? I mean, again, I guess you can't even control your own daughter. So we know there's no way you can actually control your city. And Governor Cuomo, I mean, everybody screams that Trump is the bad guy and he wants to send troops in and that's horrible the mayor of chicago ah she ain't gonna let trump send troops in i mean i'd like to see you stop mayor lightfoot but tried to stop him i'd like to see that but in this case governor cuomo is giving the same line to de blasio saying "I i can take you out I can send whatever the hell i want in if i have to come in and take control of the city i'm gonna do it because you're not doing the job So I'll give Governor Cuomo some props on that. I mean, he screwed some stuff up, of course, when it comes to the COVID thing in the nursing homes. But even Governor Cuomo, as much of a liberal he is, is watching the burning and looting of New York and saying, what the hell, Mayor de Blasio? Why aren't you stopping it? Why? Why aren't you stopping it? Because, oh, that would be racist to stop looters and rioters. No, I don't believe that is the case. But it is the memes that are going around. This concept of systematic racism. And that needs to be looked at and really dissected to a point to where we can figure out exactly 
where people want this mystical hope and change that we've been hearing about for years. In an interesting pairing, the ultra-conservative Rush Limbaugh, El Rushbo, the guy that has taken talk radio, political talk radio, and defined it, went on to the Breakfast Club. And I've seen more of the Breakfast Club and heard more of the Breakfast Club over the last couple of weeks than I ever have in my life. Was never aware of them before the Biden thing. But now with Rush and Biden, you know, I've got about an hour's worth of uh, Breakfast Club consuming. And the, uh, the Limbaugh interview, which was kind of an interview back and forth. I really couldn't tell from the audio, but it seemed like maybe Rush was on their program at the same time they were on his. So it was aired on both, which is a great idea. Because I think we need to take, as I said, on the top of this podcast, people of different viewpoints and put them together to have a discussion about what really should be done, can be done, and what the reality of the current system is. Now, Rush went on, and what he tried to tell them was he believed, as I do, that America is the most fair country on the face of the earth, that everybody has an equal opportunity to make something of their lives. It doesn't mean everybody does. Not everybody takes advantage of it. Not everybody is going to get to be president. Not everybody's going to make a million dollars, but you have the opportunity to try to fail, to pick yourself back up and try again. And what I heard from the hosts of the Breakfast Club including Charlemagne the God. I mean, if you're going to pick a name for yourself, that's one that is very humble, I'm sure. But what I heard was that the system is against the blacks. And I want to know specifically how that is, because you can keep saying it's systematic racism. And you're hearing this from everybody, including I think George W. Bush. Well, that we have to uh, break down this uh, systematic racism. Well, where? Tell me exactly where, and we can start working on this. But I need specifics, not just, well, you know, there's systematic racism in the United States. We heard this for years, and then we had a black president in Barack Obama for two terms. And it was interesting to me because as the talk on this podcast over on Grumpy Old Ben's, a show I do with Ryan Bemrose, when talk of socialism came around the thing that i came up with the first thing that came to mind was in trying to get across the point that when socialism comes not everybody gets to be rich and famous instead everybody is poor and the first names that popped to mind and they still seem to be the best names. As far as a power couple, if I can use that term, the power couple in the United States is Kim and Kanye. So if the system is systematically set up to keep the black man down, how is that the first thing that I come up with? Kim and Kanye. And I thought about like, well, who else is there? Who is the rich and famous power couple? And it's Kim and Kanye. And I know she's not black. She, her dad's Armenian, her mom's Dutch and Irish. But Kanye 
is the number one guy that I came up with to epitomize success right now in the United States. I mean, somebody said, well, it could be Tom Brady and Giselle, but it's like, okay, Giselle hasn't been relevant for a while. But Kim and Kanye, I mean, they are the power couple of the United States. And you can argue with me and try to come up with a better example. But Kanye West, there's no doubt, is the epitome of success. And it has nothing to do with the fact that he is black. So where was the uh, systematic racism that kept them down? I don't see it. I do not see it. Not everybody's going to take advantage and work hard, get an education, and learn how to make themselves what they want to be. Not everybody's going to do that. And that was one of the points that Rush Limbaugh tried to bring to these hosts of The Breakfast Club. And what you got was a lot of pushback. So what I looked at was, who is this Charlemagne the God? I never heard of the guy before. He seems like a guy I would like because he's in radio and he pushes people's buttons. So right there, I give him 100% credit for doing what he's doing. He's 41 years old, so about 10 years younger than me. He grew up in South Carolina. This is from Wikipedia. I mean, I know this is where I do my research when I don't know something and there's not a lot of good information out there. So if any of this is wrong as well, feel free to let me know. It says as a teenager. He was selling drugs, was arrested twice for possession of marijuana and cocaine with the intent to distribute. And after he witnessed a shooting from the backseat of a car, he was arrested for a third time. His father, obviously fed up with his son's chicanery, refused to bail him out. He remained in jail for 41 days. Eventually, his mother bailed him out. He was released. He started going to night school. He started interning at a radio station, and the rest is history. So, where is, again, the systematic racism keeping a guy down who now makes $3 million a year spewing stuff on the radio? Where did the system hold him down? He was a guy that made mistakes, pulled himself up by his bootstraps. And made something of himself. How is that something that you can go look at and then say, well, the whole country, there's a systematic racism that's keeping people down? Well, what kept you down? You went to night school, you got a job, you worked hard, and now you're making over $3 million a year, which is way more than the average white guy makes, Charlemagne. The reality is, there is nothing in the law of the land holding black people down, holding anybody down. Everybody is equal in the eyes of the law. Education's a big part of it. Upbringing's a big part of it. Because if you decide at a young age that you don't want to get an education and you want to turn to a life of doing things that maybe is going to get you into trouble, nobody can save you from that. And nobody ever wants to hear about the lack of parents and, you know, one parent families and all this other thing. But if you want to talk about where there is a systematic failure, it is not because of the law of the land. It is not because of a capitalist system in the country you're living in. It's because there are a lot of people of all colors who don't want to make anything of themselves, who don't want to work who don't want to put the time in 
and just want everything handed to them. That's not because of the law of the land. That is because of the systematic upbringing problems when kids are allowed to just do whatever the hell they want. The system is made up of people. I get it. So there's going to be issues when it comes to things and how the law is enforced. There's no doubt about that. You can see this all the time. You have judges who are going to be biased in one way, shape, or form. And I do believe that this happens all the time. For the same crime, will a black guy get a better sentence or a worse sentence than a white guy? It depends on the judge. And this is bias that should never happen. Things should be a little bit more crystal clear. And there should be oversight because people do have biases. There's no question about that. We understand people have biases and people believe different things. And it's just just the way the world is. I mean, we talk about, well, why don't these companies hire more black people? Well, who's in charge of doing the hiring? And what are they looking for? Who are your friends? I mean, here's an easy question. Most people, when they look at their group of friends, a vast majority of the people that they hang out with, that they interact with, are a lot like them. Not meaning race necessarily, not meaning religion necessarily, but those do come into it. You associate yourself with people that you have something in common with, which is why sports are such a big thing. People have a common bond over a baseball team, basketball team, football team, whatever it is. They have a bond over certain music that they like or certain podcasts that they like. There's a community that grows up that has all sorts of different people in it, but they have something in common. And it might be pretty obvious to most people that the average white guy and the average black guy maybe like different music. Maybe they like different food. Maybe they like different beer. And because of that, part of that's, again, your upbringing and what you're used to. People don't want to go outside of their comfort zone. So they end up associating themselves with a lot of people that are just like them. But there are black businesses out there. I mean, Damon John, that was the first name that came to mind. And I know I'm just lack of looking, but he's on Shark Tank. I like Shark Tank. He seems like a very intelligent guy. He seems like a very compassionate guy. And I would bet as a black business owner, he hires a lot of black employees, maybe more than white. Now, is that racist? Is that a systematic problem? Or is he just hiring people that he has more in common with or that he wants to help because they came, which is fine. They came from his kind of a background and he wants to give them help. Now, if Damon John does that, that's great. If a white guy does that, you're going, oh, he's a racist. He won't hire black people. And this is the kind of conversation that we have to have because people do have bias. And if you're going to say that the systematic problem is that people prefer to hire people that have more in common with them or whatever, then how do you change that? How do you change that? What is the step one? I don't know what that is. There's a lot of people that think being inclusive of everybody is the right thing. You know, and then you have a guy like the L.A. Kings announcer, Grant Napier, who just lost his job mainly because an ex-player tweeted something at him 
that said, you know, hey, how about this Black Lives Matter? And he responded with, hey, you know, I believe all lives matter. I mean, no, that's racist to say all lives matter in this day and age. That is now racist. You can't say all lives matter. And that is disgusting that you think that somebody's saying, hey, you know what? I believe all life matters. I don't care what color you are. I believe all life matters. To lose your job over that statement is perverse. It's disgusting and also something that can't be allowed to stand in the United States. To say all life matters does not take anything away from Black Lives Matter. It doesn't take anything away at all. And then, of course, you're a racist scumbag if you say blue lives matter. Let's forget the fact that there are plenty of black cops in the United States. The hypocrisy is absolutely insane, which is why I instantly fell in love with a woman that I saw a video of who was in the D.C. area. She was a black woman born in Africa. Her name is Nistreed Yumga, and I know I'm butchering that, and I apologize for that. But she was out in D.C. when these Black Lives Matter protesters were out there, and she was calling them out on their hypocrisy and on their victim mentality. Funny enough, a lot of the protesters were white and shouting her down. I mean, does anybody see? The irony in that white protesters protesting for Black Lives Matter shouting down a black woman who disagrees with them. So what is this really about? If it's not about race, it's about politics. And once it's about politics, it's perverse and it's going to be perverse. Here is a clip of her. I'm going to take a deep breath and try to do a little bit of, uh, you know, centering yoga. Take a deep breath and try to get a little calm here because this stuff is driving me nuts. But here is a clip of Nastreed Yumga saying exactly what I feel. Black Lives Matter is a joke. You are the racist. The racist is you. It's because the white guy killed that. You think they're racist. The racist is the Black Lives Matter. Go to Chicago. They don't have schools. And they die every day. They don't matter. Because you can't get attention from that. Group of hypocrites. Go to Southeast DC, Northeast, tell them Black Lives Matter. If it matters, it should matter everywhere. You guys are hypocrites. Attention seekers. Attention seekers. Black lives should matter everywhere. It doesn't take a white cop to kill a black person to matter. So I'm here today because I heard about a demonstration on, you know, the George Floyd event, um, situation, which I'm going to be honest about it. It's wrong that, you know, anything like that should happen. Okay? It's very wrong. My problem is it shouldn't, it shouldn't be an opportunity for a group of people to use that as an excuse or to come across as victims. No one is a victim here. The only victim here is George Floyd. Let's be very clear. Everybody knows that black kills black more than anything. You know that. It doesn't take a white person to kill them for you to come out. Hypocrites. Just leave. You leave. I'm present. Let you me leave. leave. Let me leave. I don't make me leave. Bunch of hypocrites. Black lives matter only when a white person touch a black person. You know how many black kids got killed in Northeast DC this morning? What did she do? You guys are the racist. Now, if that woman was running for office, I would vote for her. She is bringing common sense to the table, 
something not a lot of people are doing at this point. She's pointing out some very uncomfortable facts to Black Lives Matter, who I've never seen here in the Chirac area. Even though crime and black on black crime in particular in Chicago is absolutely running rampant. So if every Black Lives Matter, she's right. Where are they when it comes to what's going on in Chicago? Why are they only there for one guy, George Floyd? Killed by white police officers. Why? If every Black Lives Matter, why are they not set up here in Chicago 24 7? The crime stats in Chicago, let me just give you those if you are not familiar. And these come from a beautiful website that we propped up before and told you to check out heyjackass.com. In Chicago this year, there is a murder. Every 14 hours and 50 minutes. A murder every 14 hours and 50 minutes. So far this year, 225 people shot and killed. 463 last year. So far this year, 999 people shot and wounded in Chicago. 2,292 shot and wounded last year. So far this year, 1,224 people totally have been shot. 2,754 people were shot last year in Chicago. So far this year, 249 homicides, 519 last year. As far as police involved in Chicago, they've killed three people this year and wounded two. Last year, six killed, six wounded. 2018, six killed. 15 wounded. You want to break this down in Chicago? The perpetrators of these murders by the race of the victims and the assailants. The black population had 179 victims and 18 assailants. Hispanics, 44 victims, five assailants. The white population, 12 victims, three assailants. And the police, again, involved in the killing of three people. So where is the real problem? I don't think it's hard to see. This woman was absolutely correct that there's no reason in the case of George Floyd to be burning cities down for that if you're going to ignore Chicago and other major cities around the United States, including Baltimore and St. Louis. There's something funny. All these cities have one thing in common, Democratic mayors. Yay. And most of the time, Democratic governors. Yay. wonder why that is. I mean, it can't be that they're so weak on crime that people are allowed to do whatever they want. And they know the repercussions aren't going to be there. But don't forget. Natalie Portman wants the police to be completely defunded. What a twit. I think we can all agree that police brutality and the police murdering people shouldn't be happening. And we need to do whatever we can to stop that, to weed out the bad apples. With that said, I don't know any rational person that can truly believe If you removed every police officer from the United States, that the end result is going to be a place that you actually want to live in. Any of these morons that think this, 
reach out and let me know how that system will work. I'd like to know. I really would. Because I'm tired of all of this stuff. And I'm tired of the media lying. And I'm tired of the media now scaring the crap out of children. Did you see what Nickelodeon did? Did you? I mean, you won't believe it if you don't know this story. You're not going to believe Nickelodeon, which is a channel for children. They aired eight minutes and 46 seconds with a message, I can't breathe, in white letters on the screen with the sound of breathing, the length of time chosen to coincide with the length of time that the police officer had his knee on George Floyd's neck. So we decide we're going to scare children with a black screen with I can't breathe written on it with the sound of breathing going on. Yay. Yay, Viacom. Aren't you just so freaking woke? Aren't you so special? Aren't you so good at virtue signaling you'll scare children? What is wrong, Viacom? What the hell is wrong with the people in charge over there? Viacom said they want to condemn all acts of racism, discrimination, and senseless violence. So, Viacom, I'll ask you the same question. Why aren't you in Chicago? Where are you when people are murdering black on black every day in Chicago? If you really want to go and condemn all senseless violence, why aren't you here in Chicago? You virtue signaling scumbags. I'm sorry. I mean, I know the rant level is way up there in this particular episode, but I'm angry. And I think everybody should be angry about what's going on, about the killing of George Floyd, and about even more than that, the response to it and the burning of our cities. Way more people have been impacted. Look, if you're a peaceful protester and you're out there, I'm with you. And I would say be very careful about where you're protesting, because if the guy next to you decides to pull out a gun and start shooting at cops, which has happened, there's a real good chance you're going to get hurt. If you're out there looting or rioting, you deserve to be in jail and you deserve to stay in jail. This is not something that should be condoned by anyone. When you have mayors like de Blasio who are just catching and releasing people like this, the cities are going to burn and they deserve what they get for putting a guy like de Blasio in charge. Voting matters. If you want your cities to be burned down, if you want the people doing it not to have to face any kind of repercussions, keep voting Democrat. And I do recommend everybody, and I'm going to put a link to this in the show notes as well, or you can simply do a search for the Weather Underground. You don't need to be a weatherman to know which way the wind blows, I believe is the title written by Bill Ayers back in the 60s about how they're going to bring down this capitalist system of the United States. The police have center stage in the writings of this. And of course, Bill Ayers never refers to them as the police. He refers to them as the pigs. And he explains exactly how they are going to turn people against the police in order to bring around their communist slash socialist utopia. And I do believe this is the playbook that a lot of very influential people are using right now. People with a lot of money, like the George Soros is out there to try to bring this into 
focus because this is what they want for the United States of America. You need to go do your homework. You need to read this because I could just sit here and try to read this for you for a half hour, hour, however long it takes, but you need to read it for yourself. You need to understand the people behind the riotings that are going on, the people that are funding this, the people that are stoking the fires intentionally, including the media who know exactly what they're doing by continuing to propagate lies like Trump's, oh, good people on both sides. That was debunked five seconds after he said it, because there was a follow-up question asked. The media knows this. They are complicit. They are lying. They know you're stupid and you will buy it. And if you don't inform the people that you know, your family and friends, that they're being lied to, you're part of the problem as well. There was one story, though, that made me laugh because I hate TikTok. I've talked about it before. TikTok is a big social media platform, Chinese run, who are doing nothing but screwing you and your privacy. And now it seems they're censoring black creators. So, I mean, there's nothing that could be better than this at a time of virtue signaling hashtags and riots in the streets. But. The Verge reporting that uh, Chinese-owned social media app TikTok plans to take actions to address criticisms that it's censoring black creators by suppressing their content using algorithms. Well, wait a minute. Algos, they're racist too. Who knew it? Algos are racist. The firm stated it will be launching a creator diversity council, which is aimed at, quote, recognizing and uplifting the voices, driving culture creativity, and important conversations on the platform. <laughs> yeah, China wants to uh, be the people you look to for uh, free speech. Sure. I mean, I think everybody listening to this podcast knows the ludicrousness of that particular concept. But hey, keep letting your kids use TikTok. Go ahead. Nothing bad's ever going to happen. The idiotic things they do will never come back to haunt them. Scott Adams posted a poll earlier this week, which asked if you ran a business and you look back through the social media of somebody that was applying for a job and you saw that they were involved in these riots slash protests slash looting, would you hire them? And about 80% when I checked in on the poll said no. So again, Parents, children, anybody using social media and taking part in any questionable activities understand when you post this stuff publicly, this will follow you around for the rest of your life. Parents, make sure your children understand that because kids are morons. In a world where everything is recorded, what you say and do today will affect your tomorrows. The world is burning down. Try to do something positive, not a hashtag, not posting a blank image saying I stand with somebody. Actually try to reach a real person, have a real conversation, make real change in your life and urge people to think for themselves. There is great promise in the United States. There is great promise in freedom. I do not believe there is any promise in socialism or communism or whatever ism that these people want to herald into the United States, we must not let that happen. 
And before I lose my voice, I do want to send out a very special thank you to our executive producer for today's show. I mean, you bought a lot of rant, Radix023. I hope you enjoyed this episode and the other ones. He said it was a belated birthday donation, and it is greatly appreciated. We do work on the value for value model here on the Random Thoughts podcast, which means we do these shows. If you feel you've gotten any value out of it, it's up to you to decide whatever that value is. Is it a buck, five bucks, a hundred bucks, a million bucks? It doesn't matter. You get to decide. You go to randomthoughts.com, R-A-N-D-U-M-B thoughts.com. You can click the donate button to use PayPal. You can go to the QR code for Bitcoin. There's a P.O. box address. You can send in whatever you would like or nothing at all. That's the way the system works. And we greatly appreciate everybody that helps us keep the lights on and the microphone sounding good and all of that stuff. If you haven't subscribed yet, do me a favor and do that and rate the show on your favorite podcast app. And you can even get it via email. Again, there's a button on randomthoughts.com so you never miss an episode of the Random Thoughts podcast. I want to thank you for sticking with us on another long, somewhat ranty episode. But as I said, I'm mad and I appreciate you letting me vent. If you want to reach out to me, you can do so at Darren, D-A-R-R-E-N at randomthoughts.com or on Twitter, Darren O'Neill, D-A-R-R-E-N-O-N-E-I-L-L. And we have a Twitter for the show as well, which is random, R-A-N-D-U-M-B podcast. And of course, if you want to get us on No Agenda Social, the social media that is way more sane than Twitter, go on to randomthoughts.com and you will find an invite for No Agenda Social. So stay safe, stay strong, stay sane. Until next time, I am Darren O'Neill. Thanks for listening.